0: i go faster this way. Podcast Let's start with follow-up here. Today is follow-up, follow-up. Lots of follow-up.
1: The iPhone 6s were put up on pre-order.
0: I assume that you ended up getting a one?
1: Yeah, I actually ended up getting two. One for Tanya and one for myself. I ended up getting two iPhone 6 Pluses, which depresses me greatly. Why did you not break it up? In part because I didn't want to go to her anytime I needed to do any kind of testing on the higher dpi display i see so i wanted something just for myself to be able to use whenever i did testing Mm -hmm. and then what's going to happen is i'm going to end up getting her old phone which she has an iphone 5 which is the 326 dpi display i
0: also ended up ordering the 6 plus i was sort of waffling back and forth about it did you did you check out the the printouts that you can do actually i didn't get a chance to there's these mock-ups that you can print out if you do so, you'll find that the six plus is indeed enormous. I made a cardboard cutout of it after printing it out and stuck it in my pocket. I'm like, yeah, that's not particularly comfortable. I'm gonna have to start wearing my my pants with larger pockets. It's entirely possible that man purses will start going back in style. I, I wanted the additional resolution. I wanted uh, it seemed better for doing development uh, since that way I could test the larger size classes. Uh, it also had the optical stabilization that I wanted. I don't know what I'm going to do now when I want to go for a run. Maybe I'll just carry one of my old phones with me since I have to have the GPS. The other thing about the iPhone 6 Plus is that with the zoom feature, I can make it look like a 6. I can, I can have the interface scaled to be like a 6, so that works
1: better for testing
0: 6-like things. But you can't sort of go in reverse
1: Are you sure that the zoom... I thought the zoom is supposed to make it more like a 5S. Well, that's
0: that's zooming the 6. Zooming the 6 will make it seem like a 5S. Zooming the 6 Plus will make it seem like a 6. There's a setting that allows you to zoom the interface to make it bigger. And the 6 Plus ends up scaling down to be like the 6. And the 6 ends up scaling down to be like the 5S in the amount of stuff that they show on the screen. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure that you cannot do any sort of zooming on the 5S to make it seem like a 4S. <laughs> <laughs> but that
1: would be kind of cool. I think Apple is banking on you getting a watch when it comes to running. So,
0: so then I'm going to carry this giant f- phone in my pocket? I don't think so.
1: I was watching the Tim Cook interview, and from the sound of it, you can actually go on things like runs just wearing the watch. But then you wouldn't have GPS. Sure, you
0: can do it and it can, it has its pedometer like thing, but I want to be able to, I want to see where I was running. I want to have more exact distances. Good point. I I can't really do that with just the watch. So that's a problem for me.
1: I wonder how ridiculous it's going to look with a iPhone 6 Plus strapped to your arm, kind of like how they have (laughs) on those armbands.
0: I have one of those shirts from uh, Scott Vest, so they're famous for doing the jackets that have 17 different pockets, uh, including the giant iPad sized pocket, as well as that. And they have a shirt that has like a, a few pockets in it as well. And I stick, I stick my phone in the breast pocket of that when I go running. And it works pretty well. They should make sure it's with a kangaroo style pouch. Yeah, there we go. Then I might as well just take the iPad. Take an iPad running, have additional resistance there. Have it fl- have it bounce up and down
1: and hit me in the face and knock myself out <laughs> from crossing the street. This is actually the first iPhone I've purchased in a long time where I'm just not excited at all.
0: Yeah, I'm actually not particularly excited about it either. Apparently, some people are because they sold twice as many in pre-order as the last batch. I guess good for them.
1: I think it's people who were using Android phones because. They came in a larger form factor. And finally, now's a chance for them to get an iPhone that's the size that they actually want. Then they'll get it and they'll see,
0: wow, that, that's big. Maybe I didn't actually want one this big. If they had a
1: S5, you know, they're no, they know what they're in for.
0: Well, the S5 is the same as the 4.7.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But I'm, I'm talking about people who got the 6 Plus because that's the biggest. Oh, boy. In a couple of weeks, well, it's less time for you than me. Mine is going to arrive in early October. When was yours going to arrive? Mine should be arriving on Friday. You you get to find out if you're going to get painful pockets much sooner than I will. Have you done practicing by like putting a checkbook in your pocket? Because it's roughly the same size as a checkbook.
1: No, I haven't. I'm just going to have to suck it up and deal with the pain of having a large phone. I, I tried that out and like am oh, that's that's not too bad. And I
0: also tried putting a 3DS XL in my pocket because it's... It's a bit smaller than that and definitely a lot wider. I'm like, that fits in my pocket. I should be okay.
1: I think that's why they had the rounded corners on the phone this time around. Yeah, so you don't stab yourself. Well, so it doesn't have as much of an indentation on pants pockets. Yeah, it also makes
0: the thinness sort of critical.
1: Next bit of follow-up, also relating to
0: the Apple event. We were wondering how the phone authenticates for Apple Pay because it doesn't have a Touch ID sensor. And what we found out was that you authenticate it with your phone; it looks for a constant contact with your skin, and as long as there is constant contact with your skin, you don't have to go and put in uh you don't have to authenticate with your phone after that
1: so you're saying that you put the pin number into the phone and it unlocks the watch yeah basically there's a there's a thing on Mac
0: rumors mentioning it <clears throat> and I quote. When the user first puts on the watch, they must type in a PIN to authorize Apple Pay. Once it's on, the watch uses a constant skin contact, which it can sense using the sapphire-covered lenses in the underside of the device to authorize payments. However, once the device is removed from a user's wrist, they must re-enter the PIN when putting the device back on their wrist.
1: It doesn't specifically say where they're entering the PIN. That's true... Huh. Maybe it's on the
0: watch then. I, I was sort of assuming that it was authenticating with the phone, but since it didn't say that, maybe maybe it doesn't have to use the phone.
1: Well, think of some of the use cases here. That What happens if you go for a run, you take your watch off for a moment and you put it back on. It's locked and you don't have your phone with you. Then you can't use your watch until you authenticate through the phone. What would be nice is if it worked in tandem, where if you unlock one device and it's in proximity of the other device that both the devices are unlocked. Yeah. So they sort of authenticate each other. Yeah, that would be nice. There was an article a while back, I'd say over a year ago where somebody said that if they had a watch and all the watch did was enable them to not have to unlock their phone, they would get one on principle. (laughs) (laughs) I know touch ID alleviates a lot of that, but touch ID is still kind of buggy at times that uh, I have moments where I have to put my thumbprint in multiple times. Or or resort to the pin? Or, yeah, revert to the pin. Gruber has said that the Touch ID has improved in this iteration of the iPhone. Did he actually do tests, or is that just his gut feeling? Uh, Not quite sure about that. Okay. But something to keep in mind as well. In the beginning, when I first had Touch ID, it ended up working perfectly. And then it ended up degrading over time. Which they had put out a software update in order to address that issue. However, I still get that from time to time. Mm. And I have to delete my thumbprint and then re-add it. I've, I've never deleted my prints and re-added them. So
0: I guess maybe I'm lucky. Speaking of Gruber, I guess he had a bunch of thoughts on the pricing of the watches. Did you want to go over that?
1: Yeah, I found that really interesting. I mean he said that for the stainless steel sapphire watch that he's expecting that to come in at nine ninety nine the the stainless steel slash
0: sapphire watch I think that a lot of people were probably sort of expecting to get that one, but if it's a thousand dollars then the that that's definitely not the bulk item
1: <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of four ninety nine for the stainless steel sapphire one that seems more reasonable. I think his guess for five thousand dollars for the
0: edition version is very likely especially given what everyone said about all of the bracelets and the cost of the gold itself and comparisons to solid gold uh, rolex watches etc
1: he did point out in the article that the edition edition is going to be solid gold and not plated gold yeah so the, the, just the
0: gold itself is pretty expensive if even if you were just to melt it down if you look at, like, the watch guy's review of the Apple Watch, where he just talks about it as a watch and compares it to other premium watches that he's worn, he notes that, like, a lot of the bands are extremely premium. And he's, like, uh, for, like, the leather, for example, he says that he's never seen a $350 watch that had leather bands that were that nice and that a lot of care was put into the, the steel link bracelet as well with uh, they're extremely precisely machined and like gradually get thicker toward the outside and just that it looked extremely premium. So those those particular bracelets are probably expensive on their own.
1: I mean, I'm sold on getting a watch. I just don't know how much I'm willing to put into it. So for the more expensive version, I don't see as many people dropping money on that because of the fact that the technology will get outdated within a couple of years. Right. And that's sort of the the big hit against it compared to
0: the more established time uh timekeeping pieces. Those ones they'll basically last forever whereas this y- even if it does last forever, which it probably wouldn't, you wouldn't want it after a certain number of years because
1: it would seem old. The only way I would consider getting one of the more expensive watches from them is if there were some kind of bona fide trade-in program.
0: Maybe they'll present something as soon as it's released. I would hope that this is the kind of thing that Apple would think of, because if they really want that super premium market, then you would want to have options there. Like, Maybe costs. Uh, maybe they have a version that costs the the super ex- already a super expensive five thousand dollars, but they have another version that's like ten thousand dollars. But we do lifetime upgrades of the base or whatever.
1: Yeah, something like that. I would actually consider. Or even if it were where you pay a little bit more money, but you're guaranteed where an upgrade will only cost say a thousand dollars only. But I guess as long as you're sticking with the gold. Exactly. Where if you trade in your old gold watch from them for a new one that you, that you pay a thousand dollars and hand in the watch and get a new one. So getting back to the
0: Apple Pay stuff a a little bit, it seems that uh, the timing for Apple Pay is sort of just right because there is a bunch of regulations that are going to be going into effect shortly that essentially require vendors to buy all new point of sale upgrades. Is this all vendors, period, or all vendors above a specific size? I don't know exactly what the regulation is. I guess we can look at that. So the regulation appears to be As of October 2015, any merchants that do not support EMV credit cards, that's smart cards with integrated circuits that enable point of sale authentication and help prevent, help prevent fraud, will be liable for the fraudulent use of counterfeit lost and stolen cards.
1: Aren't they liable
0: right now? I wasn't sure. I had said that they were, that in most cases that they were liable in our previous podcast, and I wasn't completely sure, so I went and I looked it up, and it does look like I was right, in that the merchant is generally liable already. So I'm not sure if there's some sort of increased liability, or if it's related to the merchant's own insurers, as in the insurers will no longer have to
1: pay out uh, claims from that kind of fraud, or, or what exactly the deal is. Maybe it's decreased liability for the merchant if they get these new terminals installed. Maybe it is decreased liability and that's why they want to do it, but that doesn't sound like
0: something where they're forced to upgrade though. And the article that I had seen was that they're essentially forced to upgrade. What happens to mom and pop shops? Well, I think generally they get the equipment for basically close to free, don't they? Or do they have to pay rent- rental fee? Do you have any idea? What does your sister do?
1: Uh, well, my sister had to pay for the register. What about the credit, card- the readers and stuff? I'm not sure since I haven't been there in a while, but they used to have it where the reader was part of the register. Okay. Is it a significant outlay? For a register, it's around four grand. However, I imagine something like this, it wouldn't be a whole new register. It would be an add on component to it. Yeah. But then what happens with things like internet orders? Is this only stuff that applies to in person orders? I think that as
0: long as the merchant offers the ability to pay with those kinds of cards that they're that they have the decreased liability online merchants have really no way to offer that so it's unclear how they would prove that they had the ability to accept that those transactions or maybe this the regulations are different for online merchants
1: possibly however i believe uh that's what paypal is trying to take a stab at right now so what what are they doing From my understanding, they're doing something where using their app, you should be able to pay using your phone with just one touch. Okay, so that's that's similar to the thing that we had
0: discussed last time about that's similar to reverse Oauth. It looks like it.
1: I haven't had a chance to try it out yet. They're specifically going on the attack, trying to decrease Apple's credibility when it comes to Apple Pay. Did they do anything? Did they mention Apple specifically? They put out an ad saying, "We the people want our money safer than our selfies." <laughs> I I don't know that uh, Apple is really to blame
0: there. So, are, are, do they mean that it's safer than the selfies because it's two factor?
1: No, I think all they're trying to or do is trying to tra- be cute. They're trying to introduce fear, uncertainty, and doubt uh-huh. with Apple Pay. That here's a company that many people think is responsible for leaking all of these photos right except that now we find
0: that it it looks like five million google accounts may have been compromised basically via the same way via phishing
1: yeah but most people don't understand that most people aren't within tech circles and understand the nuance of how these things work True. They just they just know that either their account is secure or their account isn't secure, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not it's their fault. It it does look like on both
0: sides that there was no actual security breach, and it does look like on both sides they're trying to take they're they're trying to take steps to encourage users to be more secure. So, did you check to see if your account information
1: was leaked? I did check, and it has not been. Yeah, same here. So what's this about an October 21st event?
0: So it looks like there's a new Apple event rumored. And it seems like it's going to be very similar to last year where in October the the new iPads are going to be announced and it's probably going to be at the same time as when Yosemite is released and I'm hoping I'm hoping this is also when they announce a new IMAX, new 27-inch iMacs with a 5K display. Speaking of 5K display, I
1: see that DisplayPort 1.3 was finalized. Yes, and just in time. Do you think that's the right timing for something like that? I think it's pretty much exactly the right
0: timing. Uh, Apple has, I'm sure, been very involved in the standards body here. Wants wants this for their next iMac, I'm guessing.
1: Well, there goes another four grand to Apple. It's a good thing you got that business account. Now that we'll
0: switch to the next bit of follow-up. Uh, previously, I had made a joke that I had taken from uh, something I saw on Twitter about uh, Notch being a Microsoft employee, along with Carmack being a Facebook, and Dr. Dre being an Apple employee. It has been confirmed that Mojang is being purchased by Microsoft for $2.5 billion dollars. It's a lot of money. But the the thing is that I got wrong is that Notch is quitting Mojang. He's not going over. And in fact, all of the founders are leaving Mojang. Notch says that he did it for his sanity. Do you believe that? I'm inclined to think so. He had the example of like the EU LA change for Minecraft a while ago that he had no involvement in. And it blew up in his face. And people were super angry about him. Are super angry at him. And he he tweeted something along the lines of, does anyone want to buy my share in Mojang? Because he was so frustrated at the time. And then later he ha- saw a documentary about Phil Fish and how the, he's the creator of the game Fez. He, but he was sort of outspoken and ranty. And it talked about how our perceptions of him are sort of based off of him as being a figurehead or representative of this sort of indie scene. And Notch was a notice that he was more of a, he he didn't ever as the real connection to the fans that he thought he did. And he was seen more as a figurehead for Minecraft and Mojang. And he didn't want that. And that's a lot of the reason he decided to get out supposedly.
1: So considering that none of the founders are going to be staying around, is this really worth $2 billion? Well, clearly
0: Microsoft thought that it was because uh, they didn't force them to stay around. But I I saw a number of tweets basically saying someone was telling their 10-year-old, they said, Minecraft is being purchased. And the 10-year-old says, oh, how much? And they said, $2.5 billion. And the 10-year-old says, wow, that's a lot of money. And uh, by who? Uh Microsoft. And the ten year old says, Who? <laughs> I, I think that's a lot of the reason that they wanted to do this. Is if, and and something that uh Tycho of Penny Arcade said uh when when they're when he was discussing it was Microsoft is effectively buying a generation because virtually every ten year old plays Minecraft and is heavily involved in Minecraft and they want they want those people to have the same awareness of Microsoft as they do of Minecraft, and they think that they can accomplish that by purchasing them.
1: Well, a 10-year-old has an awareness of Xbox, one could argue.
0: Mostly, but I think they have a bigger awareness of what uh, of Minecraft and
1: what it represents,
0: and it's more personal to them,
1: because they, this is where all their little creations are. So what do you see the strategy being? Do you see it where Minecraft is only going to be on platforms that are owned by Microsoft? Or are they going to treat it as a separate venture? One of the great advantages of
0: Minecraft is that it's sort of everywhere. And Microsoft specifically said that they still plan to uh, continue development for all platforms, including iOS, Android, PlayStation, etc. And that they wanted to... Stay on all of these platforms. Now, they also said that they can't control what the other platform owners do, as in they might get them kicked off, but they fully intend to continue supporting it on the, all the
1: platforms. Do you see there being preferential treatment? That I can see. Yeah. Like, say, for instance, in a year or two, there's a new version of Minecraft that's only on, say, Windows Phone, PC, Xbox 360, Xbox One something like that
0: yeah my guess is that instead of the lead platform being uh, the older java and windows version the lead platform will probably switch to the xbox and go out from there it'll be interesting to see what happens mods wise they say that they fully intend to keep mods operational but i mean i guess the the mods weren't really fully supported in the first place. and Their their mod system is taken care of by a third party already. Mm.
1: I'm one of those old fuddy-duddy types that doesn't know that much about Minecraft. Is Minecraft on a subscription service? Minecraft is a single purchase in order
0: to play. Now, they do offer like, I think they're called Minecraft Realms, where you basically rent a server and they'll keep you'll all of your stuff persistent there so what you can do is so so if you have a bunch of friends you all chip in for this server that's always running and you can then go and play your game on that
1: server can you uh sign on to a server from any of these clients I don't think so. The, the Xbox Ones only work with the
0: other Xbox one, uh, Ones. And I think it's even Xbox One only works with Xbox One and Xbox 360 only works with Xbox 360. I don't know if the Xbox One one is out yet. Anyway, um, and the PlayStation One only works with PlayStation. The, p- the PC versions, I believe, are cross-platform. So I believe that you can have Mac and Windows and Linux all working together.
1: Do you see any reason for them to change that? where there's cross-platform. I'm pretty sure that they don't want to touch that, because as soon
0: as they do anything to touch that, they will effectively ruin their community, and they, their community will go somewhere else.
1: Hmm. Do you see any graphics changes for something like an Xbox One? Like, they do a version that doesn't look so crappy, or do you think that's part of the appeal? I think that the, the blockiness
0: and the old-school art is... Part of the charm and i'm pretty sure that everyone recognizes that by now since they've had the manpower to improve the graphics significantly since then they might do some cool things with lighting that they might do i know that there's some cool looking minecraft mods that play with the way that the lighting and shadows and stuff
1: works i just don't know that much about minecraft it's one of those things where uh some games i specifically avoid Because I don't want to be sucked in and have That's that's one of those games
0: where you're very afraid of how much of
1: a time commitment it would be. Yeah, I'm afraid of Minecraft. I'm afraid of World of Warcraft.
0: Are you also afraid of Hearthstone?
1: Yes. Okay. Just checking. Anything from Blizzard. (laughs) I'm afraid of. What about the regular crafts? Just the RTSs? Yes. I haven't played any of the new Starcraft. I think the last Blizzard RTS game play- I played was Warcraft 3. Okay. You didn't even play StarCraft 2? Nope. Wow. Yeah, I just I didn't want to be sucked in.
0: What about when Quake Live is released on Steam later tonight? Are you going to play that? Is Or is that too, too much of a chance of getting sucked in? Or FPS is different because you can just go in and out really easily.
1: I didn't even know that it was coming
0: out. Apparently, Quake 3 Live is which was previously all browser based is going to be on put on Steam tonight so i guess you no longer have to deal with plugins to your browser to play Quake Live. What's the rationale for that? I think that they determined that being embedded in a browser was not not the way to go and that Steam was a significant enough distribution platform that they could feel like they're everywhere, especially since uh, Steam is now on Linux and Mac anyway. So Going through multi-platform isn't a big deal. Does anything new come to it? Uh, They have made supposedly some updates that are very slight modifications from the original, I guess. They did not take out strafe jumping, but they did make it easier to do, like with a specific key or something that you could press.
1: So one one key press makes it where you go forward and to the right and jump? How does that... I, I think the idea
0: was that they they didn't want to take away this, what was originally basically a bug because so much gameplay has been built around it, Mm. but they wanted to enable newbie players to be able to do everything that advanced players can do without too much trouble and not have it be sort of a dexterity thing, but instead be more incorporated into strategy. That sounds truly terrible. (laughs) A lot of people complained.
1: Well, I mean, I know that, uh, The bunny hop is one of the staples of first person shooters from the late nineties and early two thousands. It'd be funny if you saw people like on actual
0: battlefields
1: jump hopping (laughs) around. (laughs) Yeah. Or even Call of Duty. I go faster this way. Kind of bums me out that there's work going into Quake Live, but there's nothing like that for say Doom one or Doom two live. Well, I think that. Since it already had robust multiplayer
0: you know, over the internet, uh, that, that might be part of it. Mojang being purchased by Microsoft sort of makes you wonder about how this fits into Microsoft's overall strategy and how it fits into their announced strategy of doing stuff to get people to work.
1: How, how do you, how do you think, does this fit in with the rest of Microsoft? I think when the CEO of Microsoft said that Microsoft is a company about getting stuff done, I think he specifically blanked out on the Xbox division. I think they're starting to make it where Xbox is going to be treated as a completely separate company.
0: It's this thing that brings them a lot of mind share because people typically like their Xboxes and people typically like gaming on the Microsoft platforms, but it doesn't really make that much money, so they can't just have it be a dependent, and... But it doesn't really fit in with everything else they do. It's just sort of an odd thing
1: that they have laying around. If there's one thing that I can conclude from the Mojang purchase, Microsoft is not looking to spin off the Xbox division.
0: Yeah. They're they're definitely keeping gaming stuff around, and they... they I wonder if they're going to have any sort of Minecraft branded... Uh, additions like it becomes its own division kind of thing with minecraft themed this and minecraft themed that uh and maybe even specific hardware that would be sort of weird i bet that
1: minecraft is going to be on
0: games of gold
1: the other interesting thing with
0: minecraft i don't remember where i saw it uh but i saw somewhere that microsoft is expecting to recoup their investment in minecraft by sometime in 2015 how does that work well i do know that they are still getting lots of sales hmm. but beyond that i really don't know part part of it could be that they got mojang's assets including their cash assets when they did the purchase so it doesn't so it wasn't as significant of a cash outlay as it seemed This is actually part of the reason why I think it'll be, continue to be on all platforms. And they may even want to try and expand the platforms that it's on so they can basically make Minecraft ubiquitous and have, try and get everyone, not just all the 10 year olds, to play it.
1: Maybe I'll give it a shot. (laughs) I won't be available next, I won't be available next week for the podcast because I'll be busy playing Minecraft. Well,
0: we can just, we, we can just have a session from within Minecraft. We can, we can, we can curse those creepers like it while, while discussing, uh, your new
1: phone. I'll be d- busy doing my mockup of the Starship Voyager, <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting assimilated by a board cube. <laughs> Voyager.
0: You would pick Voyager.
1: <laughs> I'd pick it out of
0: spite. Uh. It's also interesting that Microsoft is doing, These large acquisitions in
1: light of the layoffs that they had done, or are doing. I found that really interesting, too. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make their company broader and not as deep, if that makes sense. So you think that a bunch of specialists are gone? Microsoft is wanting to do more things with fewer
0: people. I I know that that's sort of... The route that Apple likes to take as well. The amount of developers that Apple has, I believe, is considerably fewer than like the amount of developers that Google has, and I think also Microsoft has.
1: But in Apple's case, it's not like they're trying to do lots and lots of things. They're a functional-based company and not a division-based company. So in Apple's case, I would be inclined to say that it would help them to have more developers doing fewer things.
0: Clearly, one of those things is gaming. What are the other things that Microsoft is trying to do?
1: Uh, Microsoft is trying to do cloud. They're trying to do, they're trying to do hardware. They're still working on OS. They're trying to expand their office. Okay. I guess a better question would be, what are they no longer trying to do? I can see them backing away from video. If you recall, Microsoft had some indie productions that they were trying to... Oh, yeah, they're getting rid of their entertainment studio, aren't they? Yeah, they're trying to get rid of their entertainment studio. That seems wise. (laughs) Mm, I'm inclined to disagree with that. Oh, really? Yeah, because truthfully, the problem isn't that it's a bad idea to do that. The problem is that they're just sucking at it. Well, that- <laughs> would that
0: make sense for them to
1: get rid of it then if they aren't any good at it? Unless it's well, better at it, do it? It's not that they aren't good at it. They're not providing – they're not really putting the resources and work into making it right. Oh, okay. Where, I mean, you look at – look at how many things Microsoft has done where it's just kind of shoddy the first time they do it. Look at the first Xbox. Look at the first Surface. You're, you're listing the things that I actually liked their first
0: iterations of. If you had said, look at the first Internet Explorer, look at the first
1: Windows. <laughs> I mean, you can, even in the, that case, even in the case of the Xbox, which in your case you like, I'm still inclined to think that the Xbox 360 is way better than the first Xbox. Yeah,
0: that's definitely true.
1: And I mean, I think one of the things about Microsoft is Microsoft is generally good at iterating. Yes. And often, more often than not, it's, they iterate too late, where, Mm -hmm. um, in the case of, say, for instance, Windows Phone, that if they had got their act together far, far sooner, then they would have, they would have most likely been the dominant platform. It's just, in the case of Microsoft, if Microsoft had taken things like video, and video delivery service seriously and actually try to make themselves a Netflix competitor, they could actually get the job done and have a credible alternative. They could be company number three amongst Amazon and Netflix. They haven't put the resources into being serious about that. And part of the reason for I mean, part of the failure is that when you look at stuff like that, they only seem to have Xbox as a delivery mechanism they have Xbox video and Xbox music and whatnot. Where it would have been smart for them to do this is if they had some kind Zoom. of... In- yeah, yeah, that's a good example. <laughs> if
0: they I, had- think that, I think that's probably why they stick with Xbox.
1: Sure. I mean, it's... Uh, I'm not just saying... They can keep the brand name. What I'm saying is that it, if they had had better placement within something like Windows there would have been more of a chance to uh, for that to take hold. I mean, Microsoft could realistically do a Netflix streaming-style service so easily, but what Microsoft is doing is, with their video service, they're taking a iTunes-style approach. Okay, so the, the purchasing kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, it's either purchasing or rental, where, realistically, if they had gone into the subscription-style service, they could have had a lot more success with it. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that Xbox having a Prime style service when it came, when it comes to things like. Well, they um, would have to,
0: they would have to roll it into gold, Xbox Live Gold.
1: Sure. Or even have another tier, like Xbox, you know, Xbox Platinum, something like that. I don't think that people would
0: want that. I think that they have to do it like Amazon does it with Prime. You're either in Prime or you're not in anything. Uh, I don't think people want the, the tiered way.
1: I think, doesn't Amazon have a tier? I think they added something to their prime tier. There's like a subscription thing that they have for books,
0: if that's what you're uh, talking about.
1: Uh, no, there was something where I think it was 250 a year. I could see something like that helping. And also, if they had spent the money to get an actual good show, like Netflix did, you know, Netflix getting shows like Orange is the New Black and House of Cards and mm-hmm. doing something compelling and putting in the money, then I can see more people going to try out the service. Where, what did Microsoft do instead? They created a documentary about where the ET cartridges went.
0: <laughs> did you see it?
1: No, no, I didn't. No, neither did I. I didn't, and I mean, it's not, it's not meant to be a neg against the documentary, because I find that kind of stuff interesting. However, it is not a house of cards. Yeah. It is not the type of thing that could potentially appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. or not necessarily everybody, but a large subset of people. Right. And Microsoft has the money and they have the resources in order to do something like this. It's just that they're choosing not to do it. One of the things I'm busy with right now, work-wise is uh, I'm adding iPhone six support. Ah, There's two different fronts I'm working on for iPhone six support. One is the three X images. So one of the things I'm switching within our software is our software is going to start making 1x, 2x, and 3x size images. And then within our standard templates, we're going to be using JavaScript to swap them out based on the device. Mm-hmm. Previously, what I'd been doing is I had been just creating everything at 2x. Well, it's a setting where right. it would just create it at either 1x or 2x. And by default, it would create it at 2x and everybody would see the 2x image. hmm and the, the issue with that is, um, 3x is just impractical. You're going from, say, you have a thumbnail that's 320 by 240. Mm-hmm. You're going up to 960 by 720 for every single image mm-hmm. in a 3x
0: size. Yeah. Something, something I noticed when I was playing with the six plus simulator mm-hmm. is I even scaled at 50% and there's no option to scale it lower than that. I cannot fit the whole thing on my screen without scrolling my my main monitor, which is is sort of ridiculous. I really need that 5K display to replace my 1080P main monitor. Now I can drag the window over to my secondary monitor, which happens to be my laptop display, which paradoxically has way more pixels than my main display. But and then and then then it will scale itself to fifty percent there. When I drag it back, it will be considered scaled to 25%, which is not an option, but it will do it, and it will then be the correct size.
1: What's the resolution on your primary display? Uh, just 1080p.
0: Ugh. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to get a bigger one for the last four years, mm. but haven't gotten around to it.
1: I'm working on 1x the 1x 2x and 3x sizes and the other thing i'm working on is h265 support how tricky is it to do the h265 um i haven't really started on it however i'm thinking it's just going to be a new build of ffmpeg okay and so that is that already released uh looks like it the way we do ffmpeg is uh there is a place where you can get static builds of ffmpeg Mm-hmm. like some some guy, I have no idea where he's located somewhere in Europe, which we just link the people who use our product to that page where they can download the static versions rather than having their dumb hosts compile a version, which they always the hosts always seem to get wrong for some reason or another.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wrote the guy and asked him, um, yeah, can you get h two sixty five support in built in? mm. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, it won't. um We need to wait until the new ver- next version of FFmpeg is out because there's build problems. It works within Git, but it doesn't work in the release. The release just came out on Monday. So he's like, yeah, I'll update it. He wrote me and he's like, yeah, I'll update it. Here you go. And, you know, it looks like there's sixty five support built in. Nice. So as soon as I get my iPhone 6 Plus, I will test it out. I'll I'll test it out and see if it works and if it works announce it.
0: Okay, let's let's kick out one more. So, it looks like Alienware decided to make a PC that also has the central core similarly to the Mac Pro does except that they made their sort of triangular
1: instead of round. So, looking at it, it looks like the symbol for the Brotherhood of Nod. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can use it to
1: command and conquer your foes. Yes. (laughs) Call it caneware. Caneware. So, specs-wise, how does it look? I mean,
0: it looks like a crazy fast desktop, basically. Hmm. And supposedly you can shove it up right against a wall, and it will be and it will have plenty of airflow and everything like that. I mean they're they're basically taking advantage of the the thermal properties just like Apple was of having the core like that.
1: But what I find interesting about this is that most likely the video hardware is going to be catering more to gamers than um high-end high-end computer people am I right? Yeah, this would be more towards gamers not people that
0: are trying to play with CAD This is really sad, because
1: something like this... Yeah, this is the hardware I'd rather have. Except that I want it to run macOS. This is the hardware I'd rather have. I was thinking the exact same thing. I don't know, why doesn't Apple take its gaming seriously? I guess they figure everyone's
0: just buying an iPod Touch to do their gaming.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's just... I guess it's a chicken-and-the-egg problem. You basically have mobile GPU hardware on all of your devices except for the Mac pro at this point. yep pretty much. And because of that, the game there's less of a chance that the games are going to be ported over and in turn it's uh, the cycle repeats itself. I yep. mean what you're gonna spend three four thousand dollars on a Mac pro to play games on hardware that uh, isn't necessarily optimized for playing games right? Yeah.
0: I think they just decided that they're not going to take that market. And uh, Apple likes to focus, so they've decided this is one of the things that they were going to say no to. (sighs) It's disappointing, but what can we do, really?
1: Well, with the Mac Pro, even if they just had, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be a new machine. If they just had the option to swap it out for video cards that were more tailored for gaming. That's yeah, all they would have to do. I bet you they have some really sweet margins
0: on that machine, just because I bet you they had a deal with AMD. That we're we're going to get the pro GPUs, but we're going to pay probably consumerish prices for these pro GPUs. But we'll get two of them from you. So 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 doing something that is consumery, their their margins would probably be much lower.
1: <laughs> well, even if they charge the same price. Even if they charge the same price, like starting three thousand or whatnot for the Mac Pro, where you had a consumer GPU option, and then instead of say bumping the video cards for however much more, have a similarly spec' option where it's instead a consumer GPU. Yeah.
0: It'd be nice, but I guess they feel it's not in it's not in keeping with their vision for what the Mac Pro represents.
1: So, what are we stuck with? We will end up being stuck with an iMac that has kind of underpowered GPU hardware. I yeah. mean Well, not really, I mean... We're going to get an iMac with
0: sort of upper-ish end mobile hardware.
1: Yeah, and of course that's going to be really, really interesting when we decide to play games on a 5K resolution. Yeah. Well, I guess Quake Live is coming out later today. Yeah. A Quake Live would run at least. Quake Live would run. Maybe even with anti aliasing turned on. <laughs> Why would you need anti aliasing at a
0: 5K resolution? Mm. At that point, you can't see the pixels. You don't need anti aliasing. That is the solution to anti aliasing in the end. Yep, just have high enough resolutions, you don't need anti aliasing. So, how likely do you see it that 5K will be ready by next month? Well, I think that they will probably be ready to announce it, at least. I don't know if the machines will be available.
1: I'm hoping that even if the machines are have 5K, I'm hoping that there will be DisplayPort 1.3 support so that I could potentially get a Two secondary 5K. Wow. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> iMac on one side, Apple Cinema Display on the other next to each other. So there is your 10,000 pixels across.
0: Go play Quake live on that.
1: Yeah. You can well, the- your your enemy can be like a mile away and you still see him. <laughs> yeah. They don't make maps that big in Quake arena unfortunately.
0: Time to make one. All right, I think this is going to close off our show. Thank you for listening to Aliens Land Here. You can contact us on Twitter at Aliens Land Here. And you can view the show notes at ALH.FM. And you can also contact us uh, at ALH.FM at the with the contact form. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, have a great one. See you next time. Uh, one thing that we didn't talk about. Did you see the Mercedes thing is that how they they were going to have a event on the same day as the Apple Watch and
1: then nobody paid attention to them? I feel bad for them. But then again, how much is the AMG GT going to be going for anyway? It's going to be a lot. Uh though some
0: would say that the Apple Watch is also going to go for a lot, so.
1: Sure. Sure, but there's a primary difference that uh, you may have there's going to be a lot more people that could potentially put whatever is in their savings towards an Apple Watch mm-hmm. compared to how many people have what's <laughs> have that amount in their savings to go towards a Mercedes AMG GT. Yeah. But the the thing is not talking about
0: like those people that wouldn't have been interested in it anyway. The the problem is that there's a whole bunch of people that are fairly wealthy that would have been interested in the Mercedes announcement that are instead watching the Apple announcement. The Venn diagram between the Mercedes announcement and the Apple one, the Apple circle is way bigger, but the Mercedes circle is very largely inside of the Apple one. So there's a lot of people that may have missed it or not heard about it uh, when they would have otherwise. If anyone is wondering, if anyone's wondering, it's the the AMG GT is supposed to be their 911 Turbo competitor. It has uh, 510 horsepower, 480 foot pounds of torque. Seems nice.
1: Uh, is it all wheel drive? That I couldn't tell you. Okay, because my understanding is the 911s uh, the 911 Turbos are all wheel drive, and you know do zero to sixty and under three point five. Yeah, that's i think it's probably probably in that
0: range if it's around 100 grand are you thinking of test driving one
1: maybe i don't like the look of it uh, it was sort of hatchbacky right yeah i think that's what i don't like about it is it i could be wrong i could be completely off base but it reminds me of a dodge magnum in some respects i mean i know not as long as one yeah, I I I think it doesn't really look like that to me. There's something about it that's aesthetically displeasing. Mm. And if we're looking at 1 to 120, there's things from Mercedes that I think are aesthetically better. There's the E63, which is, the E63 S, which is uh, that's all wheel drive. It's more like a, uh, you know, more like an E. An E is the equivalent of like a 5 series so the e sixty three is like the b m is like Mercedes' answer to the m five I see so the e sixty three is all wheel drive and the s version is five hundred seventy seven horsepower So what is it about all wheel
0: drive that makes you always want it
1: uh
0: it's more along the lines of the zero to sixty but you can have um, a good zero to sixty without all wheel drive um,
1: yeah, but you run into more of a wall see for me I'd rather have
0: the dynamics that the rear wheel drive offers rather than the pure zero to sixty.
1: But there's it's not just that, there's also a different feel. Like when I test drove an R eight, the R eight has more of the feel of um of GTR in that respect and how it grips the road. Okay. Compared to something which is rear wheel drive, like a Corvette, a Corvette, an S L, etc. But it's a, it's all a big trade off. I have no idea what I'm going to get. So, so getting back to Microsoft for a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. since
0: I don't know if we'll ever, we'll ever get to this if I don't mention it now. What, what did you think of Balmer teaching classes at Stanford and USC? Are you going to, are you going to go back? Are you going to go back and take more classes at USC now?
1: <laughs> Tempting. I wonder what kind of academic discipline. Would happen if I you know go into a class and start screaming and shout that I love this company <laughs> I'm reminded
0: um there was a test that I think I may have told you this story. They looked at the practice test and they're like this this doesn't even make sense not only is this not a coherent question, this isn't coherent English in asking the question, and so they went and uh a couple of people went into one of their friends classes for this i I forget i think it's one of the computer science classes but i'm not sure Mm -hmm. and part of the way through one of them just gets up and shoves their paper into the desk and like stamps out and then uh a little while later another one of them stood up and like shouted you can't have my soul (laughs) and ran out of the room (laughs) and uh i i had heard about this beforehand and it, i found out later
1: that it was actually one of my friends that did that so do you have any idea if is bomber teaching undergrad
0: i would assume that he's teaching something as part of an mba course okay hmm
1: because it would be fun to take a class like that as long as there weren't prerequisites because, I mean, imagine that... Or, I guess, another thing you could do is you could take a Mm pass-fail. You could just take one class as two units and then audit the uh, bomber class. There you go. Yeah. Well, you said there's increased security now, so do you know if you'd even be able to do that anymore? I think as long as you have a student
0: ID, you can get in. Oh, okay. So I assume they would issue you one as soon as you, I guess, sign up for a class.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it would be kind of difficult, me sitting in a class just on the verge of laughter for a good hour and a half every single week or two times a week. Must not shout developers. Must not shout developers. There he is. And he's coach of, or not coach, owner of the Clippers. Mm-hmm. That's he. Just he, he looks like a coach, though. Yes, he does. He does he looks look like, like the, a coach. He looks like the stereotype
0: I would have for a coach
1: yeah although with his kind of temperament, I don't know about having him as a coach for the little League <laughs>
0: uh well, maybe maybe a pitcher because instead of throwing a chair, he can just throw
1: the ball <laughs> i I just I was imagining just now a version of baseball with him as the pitcher throwing a chair <laughs> <laughs> getting hit. Throwing a chair and the player has to hit the chair with a bat and pretty much smash it into pieces. That'd be glorious. That is a good idea for a video game. Bomber chair. <laughs> yes, bomber chair. Well, what you can do is uh, it's it's set up like Bomberman. Like- <laughs> you said you said Bomberman and I heard Man. Yes, I know. That could- <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> What a great name for the game. Balmer Man. Man. <laughs> Welcome to Balmer Man Live Battlefest. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, thro- he he throws chairs and you get you get power-ups and you have exploding chairs and then instead of punch you can shout developers at the chair.
1: Well, that could be the landmine or not the landmine but the remote control. There you go. That shouting the word developers makes them blow up. Exactly. I think we have uh,
0: a number one selling hit here. Either uh, with <laughs> Bomberman trademark violation or Steve Ballmer likeness issues. We, we, this, is, this is this is this is a legal hurdle that I don't know that I want to traverse.
1: Between the two, I'm personally hoping for Ballmer's lawyers contacting us. <laughs> <laughs> we will cease and desist if I can have lunch with Steve Ballmer. Mm. And get his autograph. (laughs) 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 And be able to audit his course. There you go. That's a way in. You can audit the
0: course specifically to show him that game.
1: Okuchi Moya, we are far from the bones of our ancestors.